Box Cutters episode 97, it's time to wash that towel. My name is Josh Canal. to my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. I got my eye on you. 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 To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. See God, Brett. Brett, <laughs> Brett, work here. Brett, work here. I work here? Brett, work here. <laughs> okay. Oh, I love that show so much. We are going to talk about John from Cincinnati because we promised to last week and then ran didn't. out of ran out of uh, the bucket loads of time that we use to record <laughs> the show, and uh, and yeah, didn't. So John from Cincinnati definitely coming up later on in box cutters while we're going through what's uh, what's coming up. Also, James Talia. Fantastic. Uh, so, you know, every month I'm excited to have James Talia on the show. Our UK correspondent. He's he's a isn't he our world correspondent now? Yeah, he probably is. He's our yeah, yeah. non Antipodean correspondent. Mm. <laughs> uh, golden Age of Television. The last look at shows. Yeah, second last episode in the Golden Age of Television episodes. Yes. Yes. Second last envelope. <laughs> second second last envelope. Although next week's envelope, the envelope writers tell me. Uh, is going to be a lot of explanation. Ah, really? I, I don't think you should be listening to the envelope writers. I think you should be listening to the people who pick the topics. The envelopes just hold the hold the topics. Don't really? Listen to the envelope writers. And of course, the week after, we'll be having a behind-the-scenes special <laughs> of uh, the envelope writers. <laughs> Stay tuned for that uh, inspiring piece on box cutters. And uh, and as far as a, a box cutters extra feature, if you buy the the Golden Age of Television DVD. You will get a making of documentary as oh, well, really? made by Tony Martin. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. And we're, uh, we're he says it's his best work. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. In in his two or three best works. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> in his two or three. We're also gonna. We've got some crap TV. Mm-hmm. We've also got another crap press. Me watch mm. press press press. <laughs> <laughs> you love I hate Saturday so much. <laughs> I have fond memories for, for Mini Watch Press on Saturday mornings. Did you want to become a, a button pusher because you liked Murray Tregonic's work? No, I did like his work, but no, that didn't inspire me. Okay. Yeah. We've, uh, we're going to finish off with some pork, but as always, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. Brett Cropley. Giveaway news. Jonathan Coleman has been temporarily dumped by Sunrise on the Seven Network after uh, revealing the ending of the final Harry Potter book. No! On air. So he should be. So he should be. That's outrageous. He, uh, they they uh, just finished speaking about a, uh, a um, another person who'd given away the ending. And uh, Jonathan Coleman came in and tried to uh, crack a joke about it, uh, but uh, actually gave the ending away in in uh, the process of doing that. The Channel 7 switchboard had a bit of a meltdown with viewers <laughs> describing him as pathetic, unprofessional, incompetent, selfish, and a twit. And that was before he'd even cracked the joke. <laughs> hey! Zing! Um, stumbling to recover, he said, I didn't want to ruin it. I didn't want the kids to be upset. 
Anyway, I'll be going now. And David Koch replied, and you may not be coming back. Oh, so Koch uh, has the final say at Channel 7. He then tried to justify himself by yelling from backstage, the kids would be in school by now. This was at 7, 7.45. Oh, no, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't, Jonathan Coleman. So I, I, I finally, Evening River, got it. I, the next, huh. got home and found that on the next page that I was up to. Oh, really? It was, uh, it was yes, the whole Evening, Evening River, River thing. Yeah. Uh, how how could you be stupid enough to be doing a story where you're basically caning someone for giving away the ending and then give away the ending yourself? It's Jonathan Coleman. When, look, when he doesn't have Dano holding him back, <laughs> it's anything could happen. It's, it's quite outrageous. He's a loose cannon. He really is. He really is. Hey, uh, I'm a big fan of The Shield. We, we talked about it last week on GAT. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sean Ryan who was the creator of The Shield, has been taken on to be showrunner, which is what in Australia we would call executive producer. Mm-hmm. I think that's a terrible term for, uh, for an EP. It sounds like a, like a gopher. It's, it sounds like that, doesn't it? Yeah. But he's, he's showrunner is, is what they call it. I have no... Because he's the guy who runs the show, I suppose. Yeah, but it's very dumbed down. It anyway, does. there's uh, mm. a, new, uh, a new series called The Oaks, which will uh, be on Fox... In the States? So he's just doing Oaks? The, no, the, the Oaks. He's, he's not doing Cup Day as well? <laughs> no, just, just, just Oaks. He's, he's not doing Ladies' Day. No, no Oaks is Ladies' uh, Day. Oaks is Ladies' Day? See, I have no idea. <laughs> Try Caulfield Cup or um, Derby Day. Yeah, no, he's, not, he's just doing the Oaks. Just doing the Oaks. Just doing the Oaks. <laughs> Nothing else in the spring racing car. He's, he's not even doing any of the races on the same day. Ah, really? as, as the Oaks, just that race. Mm. Well, he'll be puffed out after all that running. <laughs> the, uh, the, <laughs> during the show, yes. <laughs> during the Oaks. The, uh, the, the Oaks is, uh, is a new series on Fox, which is uh, going to follow three different couples who inhabit the same house in three different decades, 60, 70, no, 67, 87, and 2007. Mm. They're actually three different years. Not decades. <laughs> that's Variety's fault. That's that's where I take this uh, this article from. And uh, but but they're going to be connected by mysterious spirits that appear to haunt the house. Ooh. However, this really says to me that maybe series six of the Shield is the last series. Yeah, could be. Uh, I'm hoping not because it really ended on. But what happens next? But uh, yeah, traditionally, I think over there in the states. People, if if the shows do get canned, that's that's the next job that you get is a showrunner. Yes. So un- unless you're like Dave Milch, you can go on and create something else. But I think a lot of the time you do go from your own show to to somebody else's show, or someone else's show. Speaking of new shows, uh, well, firstly, uh, Torchwood has been dumped from its nine thirty Monday slot and is now on the fantastic time of Midnight Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because it, it did so well at well, quarter past ten last Monday. <laughs> when uh, Well, when that's because nobody freaking knew when it was going to start. Not even the programmers. They, they said after Big Brother in the ads. And everybody had switched off after, off after Big Brother because nobody and, gave a shit and about nobody, what, And uh, nobody made a decision. Apparently, Big Brother, only 64 zo- votes separated the two girls. So... There really wasn't that yeah, much. Yeah, one of, the, one of them was a guy. So oh, they only had 192 <laughs> votes. <total. laughs> apparently only that's 60, not really a big money spinner. Apparently only 64 votes separated them, so that's why 
that's that's Channel 10's position that's for the why official story. they kept it going for so long. But they only had 1.8 mil watch. That's a that's a lot. 1.8 mil. That's a that's a big number. Haven't they previously been over two? Over two. Uh, well, you know, if you can hold out for three hours, ten percent drop. The, uh, the anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, this week it's being replaced by uh, uh, something to do with the tomb of Jesus, which should be riveting viewing. Yes. Uh, but on the twenty seventh of August. The new shows in that time slot will be Californication at 9.30 and The Office at 10 o'clock. Which the US office. The US office. Which I, find, I find that surprising. I mean, Californication is going to be a popular show. It's David Duchovny. Now, now you've seen it. I've yes. seen, I've seen I, the I, first episode. I've, I've seen the pilot. It's, it's very funny. It reminds me of uh, Homer when he goes on spring break. Guess how many boobies I saw today, March fifteen. <laughs> it is, it is a world of boobs. It is, it is. Duchovny gets a lot of play in this show, including the little girl. I don't have a name with me, but the little girl from the nanny. You know the nanny with uh, that horrible. <gasps> Was that her? Yeah. Oh, I feel so dirty. <laughs> I feel so dirty. All, you've you've all, been there before, Josh. <laughs> Yeah. Mary Kate and Ashley, all grown up and naked now. Yeah, it's and, and, f- and punchy too. Yeah, and but quite good as an out of all the kids for from uh, from the nanny, she seems to have been the only one who's come good with uh, with talent. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I, a, I, a lot of her talent was on screen. <laughs> I, uh, I I'm very surprised. My instant reaction to watching this it was just before I found out Channel Ten had picked it up, and my instant reaction was. Well, that's not going to get screened here because it's it's shown on cable over there. Uh, it, I think over there it's running back to back with Weeds, which which yep. kind of makes sense on Showtime. Uh, it, it's very funny, but yeah, I mean it's 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 not nine it's not nine thirty viewing. Even though no. you can show MA stuff at nine thirty, yeah. I would not call this nine thirty viewing. And it strives to kind of. Uh, mess around with people and cause controversy. I mean, the opening scene is David Duchovny's character getting a blowjob from a nun in a church. Yes. I mean, that's how it starts. Yes. So it's, uh, it's all very funny and very, and very good, but yeah, nine thirty. Yeah, which like which time. reminds me, uh, the New Zealand Catholics lost in their uh, court action against South Park. Just by the by, uh, right. about the, uh, the 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 bleeding, bleeding Mary. Mary. Oh, okay. Episode. Okay. Wish we never got to see him. Uh, so, so they lost, as in. So, what does that mean? What What was the cost case? Uh, means over? the Catholics have to pay the costs of the channel channel that broadcasted over there. Oh, okay. And start preaching South Park in their service. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to show it in mass or something. No, I, I, I don't. I don't get what the court I, case was over. I would love that, though. I would. I would love Saying that. If, you shouldn't have shown that. So, like, they were just suing them. Okay, yeah. Okay. If it, I like the Simpsons, when uh, what is it, Homer and Bart are handcuffed together, mm, yeah. uh, it, if, yep. if there was a if there was a, a crazy New Zealand judge like that who said, "Now that episode has to be shown in mass," <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would love that. I would love that a lot. But no. Uh, speaking of suing. Telstra is taking the communications minister, Helen Coonan, Coonan. to court. <laughs> Finest guy. <laughs> uh, this is over Senator Coonan's recent decision to give nearly $1 billion to Telstra's main rival, Singtel Optus, 
to improve regional broadband services. Basically, Telstra uh, lost the uh, tender, lost in the tender process, lost uh, quite early on um, through the stages of that. The original funding was for $600 million, uh, but the government increased the subsidy to 958 mil without informing other bidders. Telstra wants to force... Uh, Well, the courts have forced Senator Coonan to hand over (laughs) documents explaining how the decision was made uh, to increase the funding. Telstra is unaware of any precedence for its action to uh, take against a government minister. Uh, but according to Telstra's own admission, its bid would have covered only 250,000 underserved premises, less than half that covered by Opal, which is uh, the Singtel, Optus and uh, Elders Consortium. Uh, this was not just a case of an ordinary bid being blown out of the water, but, uh, but the loser not being happy with the umpire's decision. Basically, uh, they're just spitting the dummy. Telstra not it happy? Seems. No. That's hardly news. And again, today, Telstra, not happy with something that's happening. Telstra, not happy with the government. Telstra, not happy with the ACCC. Telstra, not happy with their own shareholders. Telstra, not happy with Sultra Hilo's moustache. Every every week, there's there's something like that. It's good, though, to have some good news uh, on box cutters. Yeah, you know, I'm Ah. I'm really torn about which side to to root for. (laughs) (laughs) Just as screwed as each other. Yeah, I've got some good news. Yeah, the simple life's been canned. Finally, was that what you meant by good news? That's that's similar. That's similar <laughs> to the good news I've got. Uh, the the biggest mystery about this is how they squeezed five seasons out of this show. Well, and how? I mean, one season, possibly dubiously five, and especially with the last two, they weren't talking to each other or something. Well, you know, and you know the reason that it's been canned. The only reason it's been canned because they're viewers both in jail. Because they've both gone to jail, and, be- and it's not because viewers are down. Because mm-hmm. Them both going to jail, view would like that would just rise uh, amazingly. No, it's because they've both gone to jail. Their insurance premiums go up, uh, so you know they can't be counted on to stay with with an entire season in case they go to jail again. So too expensive to make now. Mm. Like if that's <laughs> if that's all it took, <laughs> we could have done something about this years ago. Years ago, no. My my good news because uh, yeah, apparently too, Nicole Richie's pregnant, so I don't know if she's living with or married to the man, but she could do a sequel, The Simple Wife. Ah, oh, oh, nice. Mm. Except that uh, Jessica Simpson's already done that show. Ah, uh, that's true. That's yeah. true. Your good news. Uh, at long last, win television are bringing the Brady Bunch back. Yes, that's what I've waited for all this time. No. Five- the Brady Bunch has never been on the Nine Network. It was a, an old Ten staple, wasn't it? Yeah, in the in the country, uh, in in country regions, they can pretty much do what they want because they they're not beholden to those. So nobody's if, watching, so nobody uh, yeah. will notice. <laughs> uh, so this comes from a Win press release uh, starting uh, this this Monday, the sixth of uh, August. Win Television it takes you back to the original series of the Brady Bunch for new and old generations to enjoy. It is time to pull on your bell bottoms, do your pigtails, and fall in love with the Brady family all over again. Why, like, why bother putting out a press release about this? Mm. Th- that's that's my news, actually. Why bother putting a press release <laughs> out about this? Because they want people to watch. But it's it's five thirty on a weeknight. People are either going to watch it or not watch it. You know, it could be the Brady Bunch. It could be Hogan's Heroes. It doesn't matter. We're just expecting to see some 
tired show that we've seen over and over and over again. I love the Brady Bunch. I'm a huge fan of the Brady Bunch. And still, I wouldn't expect a press release about it. <laughs> Channel 9 will be watching closely, though, to see if it's a good lead-in for the news. Yes. Yes. Maybe, to sandwich in between news, news, blank, screen, news, current yeah. affair. Yeah. I, uh, I'm amazed they just don't go with uh, test pattern and see if that mm. holds people's interest. Mm. Uh, Brett... You're done. We're done. And that. Yes. Wait. Wait. No. 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 I've got some uh, some news in brief. Ah, yes. News in brief. So, some very quick news in brief. Uh, Tim Van Patten, uh, excellent television director, has directed uh, Sopranos, The Wire, that, Sex and uh, the City, Ed Deadwood. Son? Was it Ed's son? The Ed Van Patten, the father from Eight Is Enough. Uh, Don't know. No, you think you're thinking of Vince Van Patten. Was it Vince? No. <laughs> uh, it was uh, someone Van Dick, Patten. Dick, Dick Van, Van Patten. Patton. Dick Van Patten. Uh, no, I don't believe so. He is, however, an excellent television director, uh, and he is going to be directing the first episode of The Pacific. So he'll be in town. Be sure to try to bump into him and ask him for a job. Apparently Tom Hanks is uh, wondering about the country too. Yeah. yeah. Is, he, is he lost? <laughs> yes. Is he stuck in a terminal? <laughs> that film was the worst film. Like... Did Tom you watch Hanks, it the other night? Tom Han- no, I've seen it before. Tom <laughs> Hanks has done some wonderful work in his time. Steven Spielberg has done some wonderful work in his time. That film is neither of them. No, it's, just, it, it's no big. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's big no was big. a great film. Or Bachelor Party. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's no The Money Pit. <laughs> what was D- the one with The Mermaid? It's no Splash. Splash. Yeah. So John Candy, <laughs> one of John Candy's greatest roles. Splash. Hilarious. Uh, Dean Kane is going to do a guest appearance in Smallville. That, that was in uh, Pop Led Itself News. Uh, the ABC in the States, hungry for more Scott Wolf. And now, now that I find hard to believe. So do I. He might know from uh, Go or what was the, the series that he was in with uh, the dude who's Party of hosting. Five? Was it Party of Five? He was in Party of Five. And he was in The Three. The Nine. Oh, you're, you see- you're confusing with how many episodes there were. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this is the thing. Uh, ABC in the States, quite impressed with his performance on The Nine. Oh, really? Have signed him up with no idea what he's going to do. They haven't got a pilot in mind. They haven't worked out if they're going to build a series around him or put him into an existing series. But we want that Scott Wolf boy. <laughs> Get him. Get him now. Was what he I'm- in Dawson's Creek? No. What I'm amazed, though, is is that... They were impressed with his performance. I don't think anyone has ever been impressed with Scott Wolf's performance. Mm-hmm. What that says to me is that he turned up every day sober and therefore <laughs> is already better than 80% of Hollywood. Maybe they're confusing him for Teen Wolf. <laughs> Possibly, because I'd, I'd be quite, quite impressed with that. He, he, he does look younger than his age. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, think, I think that's it. I think, and that... Is the box cutters news? Hi, this is Jess McGuire from Defamer Australia and other malarkey, and you're listening to my favourite podcast, Box Cutters. And joining us now on the phone from a country where there are lies, damn lies, and television documentary editing, James Talia. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Um, what, what is it with with the English media and how much they love lying? It's just. Well, it hasn't been the uh, English media, as in journalists, the, the, these last couple of examples. It's been uh, oh, just... people who make documentaries. Yes. It's kind of weird. I don't know what's going on. And then, Because <laughs> for, for listeners who, who aren't aware, 
on top of the uh, the Queen doco that uh, that was shown to journalists a, a couple of weeks ago, there was another documentary shown this week about uh, a man who was dying from Alzheimer's, and uh, apparently the editing made it seem to the journalists who were watching it. Uh, that the documentary maker was actually in the room with the man showing his last dying moments. Well, in fact, it's worse than that, Josh. It didn't just make it seem that. That's what they claimed. <laughs> really? <laughs> Absolutely. And this, and this created quite a ruckus because they, it, was, it was their intention to show this man dying on television. Now, obviously, they felt that that was going to make a point, or make, make the point fairly strongly for them that they were trying to make about what a horrible death Alzheimer's can provoke. As it turns out, the vision purporting to be this man's death was in fact shot three days before he died and was him lapsing into unconsciousness. Now, I mean, we can talk, yeah, okay, people get offended with you if you mess with the Queen, but this is really shit. Like, this is, this is bad <laughs> stuff now. You know, this, this isn't just um, portraying the Queen in a bad light. This is saying you're showing someone's death when you're not. And, uh, I'm not sure it gets any worse than that, does it? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think it it, it brings back memories of the uh, of that old Benetton ad where they had uh, photos of uh, of family by the the side of a, an AIDS victim dying. Yeah, I do remember that, and I remember the the ruckus that caused at the time. Um, I'm I'm not quite sure it's in the same category. If well, does it make a difference that this is moving pictures? I don't know. Yeah, well, I, I think it does. And I, ITV's director of television, Simon Schatz, this is uh, the documentary was made for ITV in, in the UK. And uh, Simon Schatz said, the filmmaker responsible, Paul Watson, has now confirmed that the film does not portray the moment of Malcolm's passing, Malcolm being the Alzheimer's patient, which was in fact some days later. This will be made clear at the end of the film on transmission and should have been made clear earlier. Well, made clear at the at the end of transmission, what you can't recut it. No, you can't. <laughs> once once film has been cut, that's just that's just the way it's going to be for for all time. That's why Spielberg never changed ET. Oh, hang on. <laughs> You're right, especially because in these days when everything is still being shot on film and you literally splice it, you know, with, with stick tape and stuff, mm. very difficult indeed. It's very almost difficult. Indeed. Almost Hello, impossible. Fix your documentary so that you're not lying to everyone. <laughs> but but wouldn't you say, James, that all editing is lying, really? Certainly would not. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're manipulating truth. Whenever you edit any anything, you, you're you're deciding what you take in, what you take out. It, it's all lies. No, that's not true. You can. It's not manipulating truth. You can perhaps be making truth more concise while still keeping the, the meaning of what actually happened in real life. I don't think that's manipulating truth. But, but Paul... put me on the spot. What are you going to be preaching today? <laughs> <laughs> but Paul Watson has has basically made a career out of manipulating the truth. I mean, this is the man that, who, who gave us Sylvania Waters. Let's not forget. Yeah. Well, there's, there's manipulating truth to make people look more bogatic than they are, and there's manipulating truth to make people look more dead than they are. That's <laughs> just not enough. Now, uh, now moving on to other things, I mean, can Jim. You imagine, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt you, Ross. Can you imagine if, if, if a journalist, if a proper journalist, was caught out doing 
something like this in a news bulletin. Oh, they'd be... Just not have oh. the job by the end of that bulletin. No, say, for, sure. say for, for example, if uh, a news journalist was supposed to be, uh, say, chasing uh, Christopher Scase through the streets of Barcelona, for instance... Yeah, well, I said journalist, not TV reporter. <laughs> or, or was it real life still back then? No, I think it, I think it was because uh, uh, MediaWatch started calling it Barcelona Tonight. That's right, they did too. They did too. Hey, uh, as, um, a, as a Channel 9 person, how many times uh, a week do you reckon the uh, front gates of Channel 9 get used in uh, in various stories when they, <laughs> when, they need a, uh, when they need a decent backdrop? And, and Sorry, I can't do that. I, I couldn't possibly comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> really, it seems it seems every other story has uh, has the reporter standing out the front of Channel Nine because it, because it's a nice looking gate, and if if they need a non specific story location, it seems to work well for you guys. We are, of course, talking about the gates of GTV Nine in Melbourne. Um, for anyone who's in Melbourne who's ever been past there, because I know many of the box cutters family are outside of Victoria. Yes, that's um, true. It's kind of a, a nice kind of walled enclosure with big wrought iron gates. The walls are kind of ivy-covered. Yeah, and, um, and Bendigo Street itself is, is a really nice tree-lined street. Suburban street, that's right. Autumn, um, autumn especially in Bendigo Street. Great for shooting some uh, to-camera pieces. I, it's not as though um, that location would have been used so often for a piece to camera that it would have been given the colloquial nickname, the Embassy Gates. <laughs> uh, as though it could suffice for any embassy at all. <laughs> I was told a story the other day that former Nine London correspondents um, used to stand in front of the gates of Kew Gardens late at night um, and, and try and pass those off as the gates of, or somewhere in the region of, Buckingham Palace. <laughs> which is not something I would do anymore. Uh, yeah, the embassy gates at GDV do get a bit of a workout uh, sometimes. What, and what's going to happen if uh, Channel 9 end up selling selling that uh, Bendigo Street property? Are you going to keep the gates? Yeah, the street's still going to be there, Ross. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll keep the gates. No, well, I imagine if we move to Docklands, we'll just go stand in front of that big red seven. <laughs> <laughs> if you stand close I, enough, it'll make it look like you're on Mars. Right, exactly, exactly. So, um, uh, yeah, it gets used, but not nearly as much as uh, there's, a, there's a deck off the newsroom, which is on the second floor of JDV, and the deck, which is generally used for barbecuing on public holidays when news is the only department in the building working, um, has a fantastic view of the Melbourne skyline. You'll notice that getting a bit of a work out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an eagle eye. But uh, certainly it's something that the boss keeps an eye on, and if there are too many of those too frequently, um, you'll hear him shouting about <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you've had a busy week this week. Uh, are there any plans to uh, swim the English Channel yourself? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I liked it so much just watching it. <laughs> this is a story that I haven't got to run in Sydney, but it was uh, a fellow called Michael Renford, whose father, Des Renford, was the first Australian to swim the Channel and went on to do it another 18 times after that. Um, he was uh, considered a with a, an Australian sporting hero and he died a few years ago and his son was attempting it for the first time in aid of the Victor Chang Heart Foundation. So out we went, um, uh, 17 hours on a boat <laughs> and um, 
you know, I don't do real well on small boats. But yes, okay, the guy swimming was doing it tougher than I was. <laughs> you know, things, th- things we do for our, for our art. <laughs> Especially when it doesn't but get... Can I, can, can I mention, and, and, and you guys will appreciate this, perhaps more than listeners will, that was a smoke-free boat. <laughs> oh, poor man. Can, can I also can, can I ask, did anyone tell this guy before he decided to swim the, the English Channel that they've actually built a train line? I tried. Right. I tried. Dude, you see all the ferries? Take over there. You drive your car onto the train, take it with you. Yeah, but, it's, no. If you want, you can still coat yourself in fat and sit on the train. Well, <laughs> you could. You'd get some strange looks, I guess. Yeah. Do, do, do they still do that? Coat themselves in fat if they're going to... Yeah. I think that's the only time you're allowed to. <laughs> coat yourself in fat. Yeah. I don't know. Or whatever happened to the privacy of your own mind. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he ended up somewhere near Italy, didn't he, because of the tides? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was one hell of a swim. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. What actually happened was, and I was a bit surprised at this, he got pushed off course and he didn't land on the beach where he was meant to land. Oh, sounding vaguely Anzac. <laughs> and instead came up against some cliffs. <laughs> <laughs> With a whole bunch of Turks shooting at him? Not, not so much, no. But, but uh, he was, because he had gone off course, rather than having to go a beach, he was simply allowed to touch the cliff face, which went down into the water. And then that was it. He was done. He'd, he'd been to France. Then he had to swim back. Did he have to do one of those uh, one of those special underwater turns like they do in the Olympics? Touch, touch the wall, do a turn, swim back. The tumble turn, I believe it's called. No, no, the special turns back. that they do under the water, James. <laughs> sorry, sorry, my bad. Um, yeah, that's, that's what you get Bruce saying as well. How's he going to go with the special turn you do under the water? Now on this last day? It's crucial. Oh, and he nailed it. <laughs> you know, the other thing was he didn't look too... Um, he didn't look too happy either. You've got to have a word to these people about when they actually do it. You know, he, he was just shivering and they covered him with a special uh, L-foil towel. Uh, space blanket. Space blanket. Space blanket. Yeah. Well, what? Do you think, you think I should have tried to get him to look more happy for my camera? Yeah. I do. It's about the human. Okay. <laughs> we, uh, we actually didn't get that story in Melbourne, I think, because uh, we had another English Channel story that day about uh, some kid from Scotch College who's got cancer so his big brother's going to swim the channel in a couple of weeks someone, so someone who wants to swim the English channel I noticed that the next day I went trawling through the rundown as I do to see who put my head on the telly <laughs> and uh, in Melbourne no but there was another story about someone wanting to swim the English channel and I'm just waiting for my phone to ring this guy's going to swim the English channel can you get a camera and go out there no <laughs> no no, sorry. No, good cause. No, I can't. But th- this this could be a better one because I'm not sure this guy's going to make it. What the the, the sick the sick <laughs> brother or the swimming brother? <laughs> I mean, oh, I meant the swimmer's not going to make it. <laughs> the swimmer's not going to make it. I think that makes it a better story. <laughs> you get some better vision. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of partial to, to, to the thought of a French beach just for a couple of minutes. Okay. Better if he's floundering in the middle of the channel, okay. I'll have a, I'll have a word with him if I come up against him and say, this guy's in Melbourne. You know what, you can just, you can just edit it to make it look however you want anyway. 
Well, this is what I would do anyway. <laughs> huh? now, That's it. James, less than a month to go before the 10-year anniversary. Has has anyone said anything about Diana since the concert and the uh, <laughs> uh, and the uh, ITV doco? It's actually been surprisingly quiet. It seems that way, doesn't it? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Well, well, deathly quiet. A, a current affair had a scoop, apparently, uh, some information that was going to change everything, which... Uh, we were wondering at home why a current affair was running with it and nobody else was. Well, because they, with, with their uh, resources and tenacity, really do manage to get stuff that no one else in the <laughs> whole world does, including the British tabloid newspaper. <laughs> really? When are they running that story? Oh, they, they ran it a couple of days ago. I didn't bother to watch. Oh, well, Ross, come on. <laughs> it was uh, Apparently it was uh, Diana had a choice between three different dishwashers and this is how they all rated up. Well, was that while she was on a diet? Was she thinking straight? Yes, yes, yes. While while she was on a diet and uh, and considering getting implants. Well, see, maybe it, if she'd uh, done a couple of those things, she wouldn't have been in that car that night. Yeah, it's the ultimate a current affair story. In fact, get 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 some uh, dodgy tradesmen in there. Right, how Mila could have changed the course of history. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now, we, we didn't uh, get a chance to talk to you about this last time. Uh, you had a bit of an encounter with the uh, Spice Girls. <laughs> a bit of an encounter is one way of putting it, yes. Have, have you been on your yeah. date with uh, Jerry Ginger Spice yet? There was, there was no date with Jerry Halliwell. <laughs> <laughs> this was I, I was amazed at just how good these women are at doing what they do because uh, uh, they, this was the, a few few weeks ago when they made their big announcement that they were going to have a reunion tour and it was a, they were claiming it was the first time all five of them had been in the one place for the last seven years since they formally broke up and uh, I had a one-on-one interview with them afterwards the only Australian one-on-one. And when I sat down in the chair, um, they effectively started hitting on me on behalf of Ginger Spice. <laughs> me how old I was, what's your star sign? Oh, that could work. You see, we're trying to find Jerry a boyfriend. She's the only single one. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic work. Which, which and, and, and inevitably, that clip was run on the Today Show and um, got quite good airplay. Of course, I did exactly the same thing with the next bloke to sit down in the chair after me, who was the, you know, the journo from Brazil or something. <laughs> and it's just a very, very good ploy because it makes good telly for shows like the Today Show. And then everyone knows that the Spice Girls are back together. And this is... I, I, I was shattered because I thought she was really into me. <laughs> <laughs> but th- this is something that people often forget with the, with the Spice Girls, and that is they are fantastic professionals. They really are. They really are. And to watch the five of them interact, I, I guess the gift is that um, it's perfectly manufactured and they manage to make it look as though it isn't. How was the, uh, how was the, uh, the Posh and Beck's documentary dealt with in, in the UK? Well, it, it, it pretty much got shit-canned because no one thought it was much good. Um, she was trying too hard not to be her usual pouty self. But everyone was also already aware of the fact that it, it was meant to be, I think, initially, a, maybe a 13-parter. I, th- I, think, uh, I think four or six, initially. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Well, yep. Either way, more than one. Yep. And she was obviously so shy that they cut it back <laughs> to a single hour, and that was it. 
and that's all that's screened here. I don't think it rated very well. I don't think it rated very well in Australia either. Did it? Well, they didn't. They didn't promote it at all here. They they snuck it on when uh, when no one was looking. I think uh, they were meant to have a movie on that night, and they uh, they put it on uh, only a couple of hours after it went to air in the US, back to back with. Um, uh, plastic surgery gone wrong, or or one of those sorts of shows. Yes. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Um, but there was a lot, still a lot about it in the papers because it was screening in the states. I think, but yeah, maybe you're right. Well, no, but the stuff in the papers came afterwards. Like uh, this, it, it, it didn't make the papers here until the next day. Oh, okay. So I, I don't know if it, did it uh, did it get a chance to get a bit of press before it went to air in the state uh, in the UK. Oh, it was all over everywhere. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> because it, co- it coincided with, with their arrival there and him sort of stepping out for training. And LA Galaxy, which is his new club, was going to be playing a match against Chelsea. Um, and obviously, anything to do with the Premier League here is massive. So if you combine a Premier League club and David Beckham, it was enormous. So taking all of that into account, everyone knew it was on. It still didn't rate very well. <laughs> The, uh, the the thing that I got out of it though, and this goes goes back to your story, is how comfortable she is with on camera contrivance. Indeed, indeed. Well, y- y- you could venture at this point that it, that's all her career is. <laughs> well, well, yes. <laughs> Not that... to be unkind about it. I'm, I'm I'm trying to make a legitimate point. I, I know I wasn't just cracking gags. What 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 is she? She's a uh, well. <laughs> She, if you look at her these days, it seems physically she's entirely a contrivance. <laughs> <laughs> she became famous through uh, being in a contrived group, and she's now in what could unkindly be described as a contrived marriage. <laughs> and that's where that's what continues to generate her fame and, and fortune. And, and her flesh is bonded onto her bones with the hope of people. <laughs> what you said. <laughs> oh, my God. No good. Uh, no, no, but but at the same time, but very clever, and and really interesting to watch. I think from from that perspective, and I'll be really interested to see how the Spice Girls go and and what they do from from here on in, because I've well, found a new thing to like about them, and that's how good they are in front of camera. Right, and that's not something that occurred to me when they were big last time. Um, Another element of the contrivance, perhaps, is that they announced this tour. It was going to be 11 shows only in 11 different cities um, around the world. But you couldn't buy tickets yet. You had to register an expression of interest on the Spice Girls website. Oh, like the Commonwealth Games in uh, in Australia. Right, except that, you know, they're going to sell all the tickets to the Spice Girls. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and so if, if... they weren't coming to your town and you really, really wanted them to, then if you could get enough people to register interest for your city, then they might just add, add a show there. And sure enough, last week, the email went out to all of us who had registered, which I did purely for professional reasons, of course, <laughs> saying that uh, indeed a number of cities around the world had been added because of your overwhelming interest. Yes, and, and so now, now they will be doing London, Paris and Birmingham. <laughs> right, exactly. And Shepparton. Yes. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to see them in, in Shepparton. Just and giving a bit of a, a, a shout-out to, to Sunbury 76 and just, you know, remembering the good old days. <laughs> That's right. See, they're old school. Yeah, totally. Totally. They, In fact, so one, one of the best interviews I, I saw them give was when, uh, when, when Billy Thorpe died and, uh, and they just talked about all the memories. All the memories. All the, all the memories. memories. They were so close to Billy, you know, he'd written for them. And, 
<laughs> and they'd been on tour together as well through country Victoria. Um, <laughs> and it was a very sad time for everyone. Uh, James, we have to write this book, The Secret History of the Spice Girls. I think yeah, it's going to be a, a fantastic seller. Maybe a series. We've got the secret history on a lot of people. Yes, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> well, James, thanks so much for, for joining us yet again on Box Cutters. We love the fact that we have a European correspondent, but more than that, we love the fact that it's you. Yeah, I love those facts too. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you, you take it easy and we'll speak to you in, uh, in a few weeks. But probably when we speak to you, it'll be after the 10-year anniversary, so maybe something will have happened. It will be just after, actually. Something will have happened, but it will be somber. I'm going to have to buy a black tie. Oh, really? Oh, maybe. I, okay, my theory is that Richard Branson has uh, has got all the hot air balloons in the world, and they're going to fly over London and drop roses. <laughs> now, he's actually bought the naming rights, and for the day it's going to be the Virgin Atlantic Westminster Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I thought you were going to say the Virgin Atlantic Princess Di. <laughs> no, I think she was already sold in too many different directions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're going to ride in the streets after that one, James. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. You know. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Take care. See ya. And now it's time for the golden age of television. That's better. Oh, I don't even have the envelope ready. <laughs> oh no. What, what am I going to do? Uh, I... Thank oh, you. It's it's envelope city. Ross, yeah, do you right. want to do you, do you want to do it? You, you... I ripped the open. Oh right, Free, what, what's, what's in it? What does it say? Read it out. <laughs> uh, it says Deadwood and Nathan Barley. Interesting. This is very interesting from Nathan the envelope. Who? Nathan Barley. Nathan mm. Barley. Because traditionally, has anybody seen Nathan Barley? Tra- not in Australia. Traditionally, the uh, <laughs> the envelope has put in two shows that had some kind of similarity. Mm. The Shield, The Wire, both started with the. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose Deadwood and uh, and Nathan Barley both start without uh, <laughs> a ah, definite article. That's, <laughs> that's true. That could be it. Maybe, maybe the envelope's running out of ideas. <laughs> maybe, maybe the envelope <laughs> is running out of ideas. Do we do we really need to talk about Deadwood and why it's in the golden age of television? I, I, a brief a brief go over. I think if you haven't seen Deadwood, it is it is certainly worth catching up with. It's a uh, uh, a modern take on the whole western kind of deal. A uh, modern take. Well, well, it's, it's a period piece, basically. Oh, yeah, f- from the old west. But but I meant a modern take as in it was shot recently. Yes. Sure. Yes, it's not. They're not just showing old episodes of Gunsmoke and rebadging it with Deadwood. I think that's what Ross meant. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, it's got uh, it's got great characters, great actors in it. It's, it's amazingly uh, it's amazingly rich with its characters. I think uh, every character is is a fantastic character to watch. And some some of the most superb uh, dialogue writing. Yes, of yes. Any show I've ever seen. It's to a point where it's almost Shakespearean. In its uh, in its tone and in its delivery, very very syncopatic and uh, and and deliberate. Yes, in every sing- every single word is there for a reason. Now we we do have to warn people at home if you're interested in watching Deadwood. We're talking about shows that are hard to watch if you're not paying attention to. Deadwood's hard to follow if you are paying attention yes. to it. It's it's very very dense. It's very complex, but uh, it's it's very re- rewarding too. So well, well worth it. Didn't uh, didn't Deirdre watch it while uh, uh, 
you know, spending a lot of time with Fry in, in the very early years? No, no, that was Sopranos, I think you're thinking oh, okay. of. She she used to watch Sopranos in the middle of the night. Although I did have uh, I did have a couple of friends who tried to start at series two. Oh no! By accident, and uh, and gave up after about two or three episodes, having with absolutely no idea what was going on. You really have to watch it from the very first minute of the show mm. because uh, we get introduced to the town. Of and, and even then, you're probably best to have a pen and paper beside you and to be taking notes and to be pausing it regularly and, and thinking about it. And also because because all the men have facial hair, it is hard initially to work out who is who. And hats. And hats. Everyone's facial hair and hats. So everyone's yeah. hiding something. Yeah. Uh, but just an absolutely superb program. Yes. I, yes. I find it quite flawless. Yep. I don't think there's yep. anything. There's not one particular shot in Deadwood, not one scene, not one word that I could say, mm, that shouldn't have been there. Mm. Uh, Which goes without saying, but is highly unusual especially for television. Yes, and created by uh, David Milch, who we'll talk about later on when we talk yes. about John from Cincinnati. Yes. Now, the only pity with Deadwood, the only flaw, if there is a flaw, is that there was meant to be a fourth season, and apparently the town of Deadwood only survived for four years. Yes, and, and then, then it was burnt down. Burnt down. Uh, so there was always supposed to be four years, uh, four seasons of Deadwood, and they only did three, and it's very unlikely that they'll ever go back and do any more, well, I think. Well, they've talked about doing uh, two TV movies mm-hmm. to, f- to fill out that fourth year. And it's not because Showtime said, no, we can't do any more Deadwood. It's because David Milch went, you know what? I think I've, I've done pretty much everything that I can do uh, w- with Deadwood. A lot of the stories have been told. There's, I mean, if you, if you watch... Surely the, the, the whole last season could just be the town burning down. Except that that would take more than one day, and the thing about quick, Deadwood is quick, get us a bucket. Every <laughs> oh no, we're losing the whole town. Every every uh, every episode of Deadwood is one day in the life of the town. Mm. So uh, although there are characters that appear more and appear more important than other characters, it really is about the town itself, and uh, and I find that quite interesting. And I don't know if if they could do it, and I I really trust David Milch. I trust, it, I trust him implicitly in, in what he does. And I think uh, if he says no season four but two two-hour movies instead, he'll do that and, and make it work properly. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still sceptical whether we'll see any more. But he did come out for John from Cincinnati and say he was really just trying to uh, extend his contract when he said there was going to be four seasons of it. Oh, really? So, mm. Well, and the thing is, the end of season three uh, does does give you know some some good closure to to a lot of the storylines yeah and and I think he was trying to just uh hose off some of the rampant fury <laughs> that came with the him saying he wasn't going to do a fourth series oh, and, when he and, said about the movies uh, yeah people on the internet just saying I'm never going to watch anything milch does again he started getting nut deliveries yeah <laughs> I'm sure it did terrible <laughs> now Nathan Barley have we discussed Nathan Barley on this show uh we have Quite a way ago. Not, yeah, a not long time ago. This is a, a show from 2005 in the UK, one of the few UK shows on Golden Age of Television, mm-hmm. uh, created by Chris Morris, who also created Jam or Blue Jam, the radio series, uh, also created Brass Eye, Brass Eye uh, and he has uh, co-written and directed Nathan Barley, a comedy genius, I would say. Chris Morris just knows how to take a concept, t- 
turn it on his on its head and make you laugh at it. Absolutely superb. About this guy, Nathan Barley, who is the ultimate tosser. <laughs> he's he's the sort of uh, young, hip dude who uh, has two mobile phones, two different ringtones. They're funny, yeah. And, uh, and also has two Bluetooth headsets, one on each ear, so that he can uh, talk on both phones at once. That he wears more often than not. Yes. Uh, you know, rides around on either a tiny bicycle or a Razor scooter, wh- whatever takes his fancy at the time. Now, now the problem is that uh, the Julian Barrett character... Who's, Dan, Dan Ashcroft is his yeah, name. Yeah, Dan Ashcroft is the only person... He, he Dan Ashcroft's really the star of it. Yes. And, mm. and he's the only person who can... Who seems to be able to see through Nathan Barley and see that that he's uh, that he's not fantastic and cool and wonderful, as well as all the other wankers that he works with at, at the cutting edge uh, magazine that he works. Yes, the, the show starts sugar, with sugar sugar ape sugar ape, <laughs> uh, and and yeah, Dan Ashcroft is uh, a journalist with sugar ape writes an opinion piece about how the world is being taken over by idiots, mm-hmm. and Nathan Barley is essentially the king of the idiots in this sense, uh, but. Everyone, everyone who it's about thinks it's about somebody else, mm. and so go. Oh, you, oh, great article. Oh, yeah, the idiots. Yeah, you really stuck it to them, and but it's really about them. It's about this uh, creation of uh, fake taste, essentially. Mm. Absolutely superb. Uh, does feature the two guys from from the Bush. Hilarious comedy and. Uh, very, very dark, though. Very dark. And, and probably a, as bitter as anything I've ever seen on television. Which is probably why it didn't get a second season. Probably. People, people in the I mean, UK hated it. Well, but that's who it's aimed at. <laughs> yes. Like, not aimed at as in that's not who he wanted to be watching. That's who he's saying these idiots are. Well, and that's, and that's I think, the, the problem that Chris Morris faced with the show was the same problem that Dan Ashcroft faced in the show, mm. with the article, he creates this show about the idiots, but the audience is meant to be the idiots. And so, how do they, can they understand that irony? Uh, and, and as far as a show taking on the concept of irony, I have not seen it in any other shows, especially not a, a half hour six parter. Mm. Really, really clever writing, but just ties your stomach in little black knots. Yep. Yep, definitely. Worth checking out. Uh, interestingly, to uh, DJ and music producer James Holden released a album of original compositions last year and titled it The Idiots Are Winning. Ah, oh, really? Mm, which uh, which uh, Dan mutters constantly throughout the show. And that's uh, so that, that makes uh, four people in the world who have seen the show. <laughs> It's it's definitely worth watching if you can get your hands on it. I'm sure. Is it on DVD in the UK? Uh, I don't. I, yeah, I don't know. But I I have a feeling if you watch it, watch the first episode, you'll know straight away whether you want to keep watching or not. Don't uh, don't expect it to get any better or any different. It, it pretty that's, much that's it what it is. Hooks into its uh, hooks into its kind of mode from the start and sticks to it. Although as as it goes on, yeah, you get a taste for it in the first episode. But as it goes on. Your stomach, your stomach gets tied into smaller and smaller black <laughs> knots. Mm. Uh, anyway, that's the the golden age of television. That's the last, uh, the last on the list, 
was, mm. so I'm told. So, so what are we doing next week then? Well, next week there have been a few questions on the uh, on the blog at boxcutters.net, a few emails to us at hooray at boxcutters.net about things things we may have missed from the golden age of television list. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think next week we're going to talk about why certain shows weren't on the list, mm-hmm. uh, things that uh, maybe we thought should have been on the list. I mean, obviously. Uh, we had some disagreements about things that should or should not be on the list. Uh, I thought you were going to say, obviously, we had some say in the list. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, uh, we we did have we we did have some say in the list, but <laughs> that envelope would sometimes throw curveballs. <laughs> and then we're going to open it up to you. That's right, you, dear listener, Joe Public, Joan Public, as jo- well, Joe Q Public, Joe Q Public, and uh, yeah, we want to know what you think, what you think should be on, what you think shouldn't be on. Or uh, you can do what Brett did and list every show that you've ever watched in your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never did that, listeners. Uh, and so uh, the list Brett, will be going up Brett, over the had, week. Uh, yeah. I, I guess the list will go up during the week this week. You had In Melbourne Tonight on your list. <laughs> I mean, really. You had the Mavis Bramston show I, I think his, on your list. I think his earliest show was Sesame Street on uh, his list. Which, yes, yes. Which still continues. It does still continue. Yeah. It does still continue. But. 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 Uh, I, 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 I don't really think we'll put the... Didn't he have Sid Caesar's show of shows? On, uh... <laughs> I'll, I'll put my list up uh, as a comment on the post. That, on that the would be official good. List. Uh, I don't think we'll put the official list up until next until week. Until after though, next week. Because we'll discuss things that may or may not be on. Okay. Hmm. listening to Box John from Cincinnati Rocks. Yes, well, you, uh, we talked about Deadwood now, and so uh, we, we, I think we have to then cross over to David Milch's other show. NYPD which, Blue? No, no, no. John from Cincinnati. Oh, right. Which, uh, which I, d- I don't think he'll ever make it onto the list of the golden age of television. I, you know what? I've said this before and I'll say it again. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. I... I love the pants off it, and I don't expect anyone else in the world ever to like it. Mm-hmm. Ross, I was describing to you off air the, the way I see John from Cincinnati, and that's like, you know, if you get a girlfriend and she makes you feel really good about yourself and you really like the time that you have together, but whenever all of your friends get around t- together and uh, and your girlfriend is there, she spends all of her time just flicking lit matches <laughs> At all of your friends, so they all hate her. <laughs> but you can see what's really special in that. I, I can see that's what John from Cincinnati is is like. Mm. I, I think there there are some people that kind of like it. There are some people that absolutely hate it. And I know the majority of people absolutely hate it. And then there are there are the very few like me who love it beyond all reason, but cannot within any reason expect anyone else to like it ever. And why do you love it? You know what I. I can't say a lot of it has to do with the characters. I think that much like with Deadwood, the, the characters are superb and really well written. You see, I'm going to have to stop you there. It, it, it does have some fantastic characters. Ed O'Neill, who people will remember from uh, Married, Married, with Children. Married with Children, uh, he is fantastic as retired police officer Bill Jacks. Yes, he he is just fantastic. Uh, the flip side of that, lots of the characters don't seem to be able to act. 
Uh, and and this is a big problem because he made Deadwood where the acting is so fantastic. Uh, I suspect that uh, lots of the cast have been put in the show for other abilities. Because they're surfers. Sean Yost. Yeah, Shawnee is uh, Grayson, great by Grayson Fletcher, who he's, he's 14 and he can surf and he can skate. Fair enough. By the same logic, even though we haven't seen it yet, I think Kai must be the world's best surfer. I believe she is a former pro surfer. Yeah, she? she's yeah. Cause she's, no, she's not she, a great actor. She must be the world's best surfer, <laughs> judging from her acting. Uh, same with uh, same with Sissy, Rebecca De Mornay. Oh. She's just terrible. And I, I mean, but, I'm not overstating this. The, it isn't just. I, it's not just that I don't like them. But, it's terrible but acting. But Sissy, Sissy as a character, is fantastically complex. And, and it, she, it talks she about a character in in the the course of the show. She she hates so much for so many different reasons that you you really want to find out what happened to her that made her into this horribly angry yet simultaneously loving human. Really? Yeah. See, whenever she's on the screen, I just think, get off. There are interesting characters that I'm kind of interested in. You're not one of them. What about that scene, episode six, at the kitchen window? Well, all I can say about that is it's uh, it's, it's no wonder why Butchie's so screwed up. Well, <laughs> if, if that scene's anything to uh, if that scene's anything to go by. again, like with Deadwood, there's some fantastic dialogue. Like some of the exchanges between people are, are great, and they they could come straight out of Deadwood. Like when uh, Bill meets up with Freddie, and uh, Bill, by way of introduction, says. I'm here on orders from my bird. <laughs> and Freddie replies, if you're waiting for me to ask you what you're talking about, plan on dropping over dead before I do. <laughs> like, I mean, and, and then they go on to have a great conversation about whether the bird actually, you know, said that they should assimilate <laughs> or whether he just intended it. Like, fantastic exchanges. But then, again, flip side, some of the dialogue is dreadful. How many times are they going to do the old, where's that guy from again? Cincinnati. I mean, that's that's popped up like a dozen times already in the show. It's terrible. I oh, see. I, terrible. All, all of that. All of that. I just. I don't know. It just doesn't get to me. I I can see that. I can see that people wouldn't like it because it's so completely weird and and makes absolutely no sense. But it's also kind of religious. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and I know that. I know Maybe we get to find. Maybe. Out. Yeah. Well, it's you know, it's it's got implied. Implied religion yeah. so far in the story, and there's inferred religious texts yes. through it. And, mm. uh, you mm. know, and and or, you know things like my father's word, mm. you know, things like that. We don't, we don't remember my father's words. Yeah, mm. the, the, things like that have religion kind of in there somewhere. We're not entirely sure where. We're not entirely sure why. But I also know that a lot of people will be turned off by that. Mm. Uh, I'm intrigued at David Milch's storytelling style. And uh, I think the characters, rather than the actors, the characters themselves are, are fantastic, really interesting, interestingly written. Yes, for me, it could just be the the Bill show. Yes. Or the Bill and Freddie show. Uh, and Zippy. And Zippy. Zippy the Zippy bird. Zippy the bird, <laughs> who, who has some of the greatest dialogue in, in the show. <laughs> uh, I, I really, really love it. I, See, see, I have to ask myself, if, if it wasn't Milch, would I still be watching? And I have to say, I probably doubt it. And it's not that I hate the show, but I spend my, my time's pretty much divided between saying, 
oh, this is good. I'm really enjoying this. And to the point of laughing out loud at bits that are, that are very funny. And the other 50% of the time sitting there going, why am I watching this? There are, there are other things I could be watching. But that's also the thing that comes out around about episode four is you realise this show is very funny. Where Deadwood was only sometimes funny, mm-hmm. uh, this show is, is funny all the way through. And, uh, and there are things... Freddy, I think, is, is one of the greatest comic characters uh, around. And, uh, and there, there is a lot more Shakespearean-ness in, uh, in John from Cincinnati than there was in Deadwood in the way that he's putting comic relief in for, for the side characters. Uh, there, there is, you know, essentially... It's a little bit of Rosen, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. It could essentially be a play. Yes. Set it out in the, in the car park of... The motel. The motel. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think 90% of it's shot. You could easily... The scenes that aren't shot there, you could easily... You could easily transport there. Yeah, I think, I think so. There's, there's a lot that you could do, but... You couldn't have people surfing in the car park. No, that's true. But you could have... I'm sure you could stage it somehow where people were looking at waves off the stage. Whoa, man, look at him go. Just, just you know, chuck a, a projector at a scrim and... And have that going on there. I, Indeed. And I, I, really, I really love it. I can't say more about and it. And what's the plans? Is it just a 10-episode series? Uh, I don't know. The, every episode is called His Visit, Day, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. so, again, like Deadwood, it's one day per episode. Except there were Except two episodes two. for two. Day two was his, his day. But his, his visit. Day, his visit day two and his visit day two, part two. Part two. Because they're in the hospital for some Yeah, oh, that's, that's right. I, I tell you what, if, if it's heading somewhere, it might be okay. You, you don't trust it to be heading somewhere? No, no, no. I'm, I'm still watching. I'm, I'm fully intrigued and locked in because yeah. I fully expect that it's heading somewhere. Okay. But, but I'm, uh, yeah, I'm still watching. If it's heading somewhere, fantastic. In a way, like Lost. If it's not heading anywhere, it's just going to be... It risks being an abomination. I have, I have complete faith that it is heading somewhere. And that being said, like a, a lot of people with complete faith in something, if it turns out that my faith was ill-advised, I will hate it beyond... It, it, mm. it, it'll be like that, that girl turned around and dumped me after everything <laughs> I did for Started flicking her. matches at you. Yes. Mm. Flicking matches at you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's available on channel BitTorrent? BitTorrent. Yes, because it, it uh, it's on HBO in the, uh, in the States and started up just after Sopranos as their as their next big hope. And it's uh and it's never gonna air here and it's never gonna be popular enough to You don't come think it'll be on cable? To, no. It's never gonna be popular enough to, to be thirty dollars at J B for one week every now and then. Mm. They're just not gonna buy enough of it. So uh yeah, BitTorrent uh, or some uh, some very friendly people in the States. Mm. Cut! That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen! Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer! Oh, look out, Smithers! <laughs> I love this show. This is a bit of a mix-up of crap TV, and I don't buy it. Uh, Channel 10 screened Cracker Jack on Friday. Mm-hmm. Cracker Jack, of course, being one of those movies that has lots more jokes over the credits. Uh, they show photos of the various characters, and Mick Malloy tells an amusing story about each of them. Ha-ha. Very funny. So, uh, But when Channel 10 screened it, we had uh, Mick saying words to the effective, Oh, I've just got a few more tales to tell before we set this baby to bed. 
And then suddenly the credits shrunk to about a quarter of the screen and a voice yelled, Only two days to go until Australian Idol! Now, presumably some people were watching Crackerjack. That's why Channel 10 bothered to put it on. They should be able to watch all of the movie if they want to watch all of the movie, not just what 10 deems worthy for them to watch. And uh, and no one is counting down to Idol. There aren't people at home going, oh, my God, thank God, only two days to go till Idol. That means it's on t- tonight. Yeah. I've got to go. <laughs> well, while we're on Australian Idol, uh, they're advertising it uh, with its supposed achievements. This is Australian Idol I'm talking about here. Five number ones, eight ARIA awards, seven Grammys, and the Academy Award. Obviously, this is completely untrue. Uh, I know they think their audience is stupid, but even Channel 10 viewers can tell the difference between Australian Idol and American Idol. Uh, If they're advertising it as the whole global Idol phenomenon, that's one thing. They weren't. They were saying these are all the things that Australian Idol has done, which is blatantly untrue. And just quickly tell you something else. Having a washed-up, loudmouth, arrogant fool returning to your show is hardly cause for celebration. I think Dicko's time at seven would be described at best as an expensive mistake, and he spent the last three years providing a variety of examples which show he has absolutely no place on our television. Uh, I read As the... host of My Restaurant Rules, I thought he was quite good. And he's also been approached to be a judge on a US uh, band's kind of similar show coming up. NXX Peroxstar. No, no, not that one. Um, something about rock band, blah, 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 but it's not. Um, really? Yep. Well, from where I'm sitting, it's a desperate move for Dicko to go back to Idol, and it's a desperate move from Idol to take him back. And I think that any show that prides itself on having Mark Holden, Demi Hines, Kyle Sanderlands, and Dicko, plus those two shithead hosts. That'd be Marsha Hines. Marsha Hines. Not Denny. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> there's, no, there's no positives in that lineup. I think they should, uh, I think it's had its day, and I think Channel 10 should just get rid of it. See, I, I don't give a shit enough to, to actually mention it ever <laughs> idle to me is just is just white noise for, for me it's that's what other people watch while i'm watching john from cincinnati over and mm. over again that's you know i i just don't give a shit i'm amazed that it's still on i think your your law of diminishing returns uh should be no no accurate. no no that's apparently the five best singers in that age group decided for the previous five years not to go in it but they all decided <laughs> this year that they were going to go in it. oh really so, well, then, so if they've got them already, why are they bothering going through the whole process? <laughs> they, they need that great footage of, of people who can't sing parading before the judges. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait for these first few weeks of, of heat uh, footage where, where we just see people being humiliated. Exactly. And as if, you know, they show these huge crowds of thousands and thousands of people and they think that, uh, that Marsha Hines... James Holden, Dicko, and Kyle Sandilands sit through all of them. No. Which clearly, I mean, it's the whole concept's just crap. Cut! That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen! Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer! Oh, look out, Smithers! <laughs> I love this show. Is it my imagination or have we already had this segment? <laughs> well, no, that was... We had crap TV... 
It's crap press. Wait, 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 wait. Press, press, press. See, that's better than my one. I was going to say we have a we have examples of crap press. What what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> what? No, that was it. Oh. People on the video, video podcast, podcast are yeah. reading it. Well, we have we have the uh, close up on the article. Oh, see, I got confused because there is no video podcast, <laughs> so um, I can see how that would. Confuse yeah, that's that's where that. This uh, this is further to your discussion uh, quite a few weeks ago at, at the time of the Sopranos final Ross. Mm-hmm. That just because you think something is is not a spoiler, yes, doesn't mean that it isn't. Yes, just because you uh, you're an idiot fat host on morning television doesn't mean you can give away the ending for Harry Potter. That's right. Well, this comes from our beloved Green Guide. Mm. Uh, This is... uh, And obviously, if you're listening to this before 8.30 on Sunday night uh, and you're a fan of Big Love, I want to know, A, how did you get a copy of the show that quickly? (laughs) And uh, and B, there is a spoiler coming up in this. (laughs) But a quote from Jodie Farr's uh, little review of Big Love from uh, SBS on Sunday night. Tonight, Bill's three wives finally become the embodiment of the sisterhood, culminating in wife number three, Marjean, spontaneously demanding to be baptised in the holy waters of the backyard pool. She's in rapture that she may not only have married Bill, but also Bill's two, two wives and all their children. Now... This really just go- goes to prove that, A, Jodie Farr has no understanding of big love or where its appeal is, mm-hmm. and, B, that uh, she has no no understanding of what a spoiler could be. Here's a little hint, Jodie. If you're going to talk about something that happens right at the end of an episode, <laughs> chances are that's a spoiler. Now, I understand that there are people who don't get what big love is all about, and big love is all about emotions, emotional journeys, finding out about how you love someone, why you love someone, and how much someone's uh, faith or politics or what have you come into play with that. This scene with Marjean and uh, and the, the baptism is a major turning point in her storyline mm. and is really, really important. I mean, this is what big love is about. It's the same as, as if... She would have said, and she never would have written, this week in Lost, uh, Locke shot in a hole, gets a visitation from Walt. Yeah. She never would have said that. Mm -hmm. And this is as big a spoiler as that. It's just the shows are very different. And just because Big Love doesn't rely on cliffhangers or huge action sequences doesn't mean that it can't have spoilers too. No, you're exactly right. Exactly right. And that is crap press. Okay, question three. Which yeah, canal? All these going to be about war. No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Box. Is there a quiz? Yes. A quiz. Yes. A quiz. It's, so, it's always worth playing the quiz intro if there isn't a quiz because it's such a great bit of the office. There, there is actually a quiz and we have a prize and we can give it away? Yes, we have a, a Crumpler Thirsty L. 
And, and up for grabs. And what is the Crumpler Fest? Yeah, this is a, a little a little something to put your phone in, your iPod in. A little something for your phone, a little uh, for, your, for your phone, uh, for your iPod, for your uh, iPad Nano, for any of your uh, mobile m- music devices. Mm? A, a little bit of a little bit of a protector, a little bit of a pocket, mm? branded with the box cutter's name and logo. In, Unfortunately, not in texture. <laughs> <laughs> Brand it yourself. You, you can write box cutters on it. You can write, I won this on box cutters by answering their very difficult quiz question. We, we might write, you won this by box cutters before sending it out. <laughs> now, uh, the, the question can be answered by emailing us hooray at boxcutters.net or clicking on the contact us link on the left-hand nav of the box cutters website. Now, we should also point out that it won't be the first correct answer. Necessarily, no, of the wins. nature of podcasts, mm. we don't have a set time that people are listening or it, viewing. Only. It will be it will be a random correct entry drawn from a hat by this time next week. But by, by the time episode ninety eight is recorded, Josh, there won't be a hat involved. <laughs> I'll bring a hat. So pretty much, you've got until the. I'll bring Mister Hat. You've got, you've got until the twelfth of August to get your entries in. Yes. And the question is, what term would you use to describe the process of removing an employee from a TV network to be employed by another TV network? Ooh. It's one for the long-term listeners. It is. That sounds like a specifically box cutterish sort of question. That is a spe- specifically... The envelope came up with this one. Right. <laughs> Very good with that. I'll repeat it. What term would you use to describe the process of removing an employee from one TV network to then be employed by another TV network? Mm. If you can email us at that term to hooray at boxcutters.net... You could win yourself a Crumpler Thirsty L. Mm. We look forward to your answers. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Uh, you know what? We, we were waiting and trying to work out... Who was going to replace Rosie O'Donnell on The View? I know that we've all spent many sleepless nights wondering about that. I'm just wrecked from my lack of sleep. Whoopi Goldberg. (gasps) At last, someone with an opinion. Uh, It's quite quite funny, a bit on Letterman, uh, saying that uh, Rosie's going to be replaced by Whoopi in October. And then we'll be leaving in November. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now... This is a, I've got a couple of quotes from uh, Barbara Walters here about Whoopi Goldberg, starting, uh, starting at The View. The question was, would we be lucky enough to get Whoopi? Would she want to do a show five days a week? Would Whoopi want to do something on... T- the, the woman, as far as I understand, sometimes goes to the Today Show set in New York and stands outside that glass <laughs> window hoping to get on television. She bought... Hollywood squares so that she could be the centre square. Would she want to be on television five days a week? What? Does Rosie O'Donnell love snacks? I mean, really? What What kind of question is this? Is, this is a woman who is allegedly a journalist asking that sort of question. And then she says, she also brings us diversity. I don't think we said, aha, she's African-American. But it does give but us. But we did say she's got no eyebrows, <laughs> and she's the only panelist we've got without with, eyebrows. Without any eyebrows, 
really? Does does Barbara Walters think that a uh, we would be that cynical and b we would be so uncynical that we would believe what she's saying? How can we? We're not we're not shredding as cynics. We, we have no idea. What's, shut the hell up, Barbara Walters. No one cares about the view anyway. Uh, after being shunted from the Thursday night slot on uh, Channel 10 to Sunday afternoons, Channel 10's uh, dropping Pirate Master uh, in favour of more repeats of Everybody Loves Raymond. On Sunday afternoons? Yes. So, so <laughs> <laughs> not even Sunday afternoons when nobody watches is mm, a good enough time mm, for... Uh, what- Oh, well, this was off the back of uh, a former contestant on the show, Pirate Master, uh, said to have died from an apparent suicide. Um, and CBS I, also I like to dropping report it that, in the I, States. I like to report that as a successful suicide attempt. Okay. Just because it never what, gets reported what? that way. People said to always have died. talk about unsuccessful suicide attempts. <laughs> no, the contestant was, was said to have died from the suicide. And that she did? Yes. Yes. What, what's this said to have? She did. <laughs> it, it's it's a, a surprise that uh, more reality TV show contestants don't kill themselves. I think I think uh, it's well, the nature. Well, this nat- is the second the nature, that I know of. It's the nature of the business that uh, you know they're, they're trying to e- attract extreme personalities. The first, the first that I knew of was a contestant on the Contender, mm-hmm. uh, who after after being kicked out of the show a, a short while. After being kicked out of the show, but before the show went to air, uh, had committed suicide. He was a very, very sad man, though. Anyone who who saw his episodes of The Contender knows how much hardship he had in his life. This uh, this woman, she was her, also... her boyfriend. Uh, her boyfriend had committed suicide a few months earlier, and uh, they had had a falling out about her appearance on. Pirate Master as well. So, and apparently the last straw for her, it might sound funny, but apparently the last straw for her was the ratings. Like she was saying, to have gone through all this for a television show, at least if the television show was doing okay, it would be all right. Yeah, but but it's not, and so now she's part of this other failure. And I mean, obviously a very sad time, and uh, I, I know that earlier on I made light of, uh, of suicide. I just think it's, it's interesting that people say that. There I was, didn't mean to be offensive in any way. There was another suicide of an English teenager who appeared on SBS's Australian production of The Colony. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, a few months ago. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I just think they they attract extreme personalities, and then afterwards, particularly over in the states, they get a lot of press coverage. Not all of it positive. I'm surprised there hasn't been more more problems like this. Well, uh, there are there are uh, extreme cases as well of. Of personalities doing extreme things, uh, we saw uh, with Johnny uh, Johnny Fairplay mm-hmm. when he was on that horror film reality show. Yes, mm. uh, and he ended up defecating on another contestant's bed. Or another, well, they weren't contestants; it wasn't a competition, but uh, another cast member's bed while she was actually sleeping on it, and then couldn't work out why he was being kicked off the show. Mm. Uh, it's it's this sort of thing of we expect them to be outrageous and ridiculous, but then we can't actually handle it when when they are. We we expect them to have uh, these amazing outrageous personalities, almost in a manic depressive bipolar kind of sense, yeah. because that's because when they are manic in that way, that's good television. Yeah. Uh, but then there is also that downfall. I think it's I, I think it's sad, and I think uh, the only way to 
save us from from that is to I don't know. It's imagine if we got writers to actually write television shows <laughs> and uh, and have stories told. What do you think of that? Do you think that's a good idea? I don't think it's got legs. No, oh, that's a shame. Uh, the wedge is coming back to Channel Ten. That's uh, a shame. That's Next a shame. <laughs> Sunday that's a real night show. after uh, Hamish and Andy's real stories. Ah, oh, so in the prime ten thirty slot. Uh, Nine forty. No. Oh, because there's no Big Brother no anymore. Big Brother. Ah, so what's on seven thirty? Oh, Idol. What am I saying? Yes. So it goes Idol, Rove, Rove, Hamish and Andy. Nine forty. Mm, I think Rove goes the extra ten minutes, or they they build it in for no, but Idol going over. Or... Then Hamish and Andy would be at nine forty. Mm. So, how is? The wedge going to be at nine forty. If maybe you misread the uh, press release. Maybe when it says coming after Hamish and Andy, it means when Hamish and Andy finishes. Uh, so coming after Hamish and Andy. Oh wait a minute. Oh, I see. No, I see. the series oh. follows the last of Hamish and Andy's real stories, which would be on tonight. That's what you so tried. That's what you tried. Yes. 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 Um, well, well picked, Watson they'll be, Ross. <laughs> they'll be running it uh, one new episode, one old repeat episode. So, Who could uh, tell the difference? Rewarmed wedge tale. <laughs> Hey, I want to say a very, very big thank you to Rob Boxcutter, who uh, passed on some uh, copies of some TV shows for us to have a look at. I've got them here in my hot little hand. I look forward to having a watch of them. So thank you very much for that. While we're saying thank yous, I want to say thanks very much to James Talia for joining us on the phone all the way from the UK. What a fantastic member of the Boxcutters family he is. He, he, he's the fourth Boxcutter. He really, he really is. Don't tell Marie. Don't tell Marie. Uh, I also want to say thanks to Crumpler, our wonderful giveaway sponsors. Don't forget, Brett, tell us <laughs> Don't about... Forget me, Don't please. forget me. <laughs> Don't forget, Brett is going to tell you all about the uh, excellent Crumpler giveaway that we have. Our uh, ongoing promo box cutters giveaway competition is on. Uh, check out through the special link down the left-hand side how you get into that so you just register on the blog and uh, put out a link so we've got to get people coming so over we've got a competition and a quiz yes yep. different things they, they are different things we have an ongoing competition we have a one week quiz right the prize for the competition because you won't get two consenting adults into your thirsty owl no, no. it'd be very hard well, unless unless they were unless they were the old couple from Mulholland Drive ah yeah 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 they'd fit yeah yeah yes uh Yes, so uh, two consenting adults would fit, however, on a double-seater beanbag from Crumpler, which is what you can win um, at the competition. Yep. Uh, so ha- have a look at that. If when the does, instructions when does the dates close for that for that one? Have mm, you... It's it's an ongoing comp, uh, finishing up uh, in a couple of months. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's. I think mid-September was what we decided. I think mid-September. Okay kind of midway through uh, footy final season <laughs> right. was was our... Because we don't know... We Stay don't know, tuned for a solid date. Stay tuned, yeah. Because we, we don't know, as as the last couple of weeks have, have proven, we don't know specific dates when we will be recording the show, mm. even though we do record it weekly. I think it's fair to say that we have to schedule in a specific date yes. for that. But if you don't understand the instructions, feel free to email us, hooray at boxcutters.net. Or and, click on the little doodad. Or click on the little contact, contact us link mm-hmm. and uh, Brett will happily explain it to you. Indeed. I have no clue, neither does Ross, but Brett will <laughs> explain it to you. I uh, also want to say thank you to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. They're very good to us. And, go, Brett, go. And, and they have, coming up... Uh, Radiothon. 
<laughs> Radiothon 007 for your ears only. Uh, that's uh, actually kicking off this Friday for 10 days from then. And you can call the station on 93881027 and subscribe, whether you're in Melbourne or you can listen remotely through their website at rrr.org.au. And that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 97. Good on everyone involved. Well done, team. <laughs> Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time. Same bat channel. I got my eye on you. I got my eye on you. Cigar guy. <laughs> and hey, let's be careful out there. We must be the same person. <laughs> Excellent overdubbing. Excellent.